This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Wednesday, the 16th of February. In your Squiz today, Scott Morrison on China and Ukraine, Prince Andrew reaches a settlement, Djokovic speaks up, and the different vocabs of men and women. This is your Squiz today. We've heard a lot about how European leaders, the US and others, are responding to the situation on the Ukraine border, but we haven't really heard much from China, one of the world's great superpowers. We know that China and Russia announced a no-limits partnership two weeks ago where they promised to collaborate more to progress their interests against the West. But Prime Minister Scott Morrison has taken aim at China's silence on the situation in Ukraine, saying that it's basically like giving tacit approval for Moscow to make a move on Ukraine. Now, Australia Australia's relationship with China has been frosty for a while, and as might be expected, these comments didn't go down too well, Eliza. No, it didn't. And the Chinese said that Morrison was clamouring for a confrontation in an attempt to seek selfish political gain. America actually praised our government last week for being a world leader in standing up to China. And there is, of course, an election in the offing here, so everything is seen through that political lens. Morrison says China wants him kicked out of office, that China is betting on Anthony Albanese to win. But Labor's deputy leader, Richard Miles, said yesterday that while the government likes to, quote, beat its chest, it had actually failed to manage the relationship with our biggest partner. As you say, with an election coming up this year, issues with China will be interesting to watch, whether that's standing up to them on an international stage or managing that trade relationship. As for what's happening in Ukraine, some movement overnight. Russia have announced that they'll be pulling back some of the troops on the Ukraine border. They say they're ready to continue on the negotiating track. Yes, it was a big move overnight and some commentators are interpreting that as Putin's attempt to step back from an invasion. Of course, we don't know how many troops are being pulled back to their barracks. It's estimated that there's more than 100,000 troops massed on Ukraine's border. This is all against the backdrop of the US saying that Wednesday the 16th, i.e. today, would be the day or could be the day that Russia would invade. But NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said that the announcement was grounds for cautious optimism, but the alliance hadn't seen any sign of de-escalation yet. Yes, that will remain to be seen. There's been no independent confirmation of troops actually leaving and Russian military exercises haven't stopped in that Black Sea area and neighbouring Belarus. So this situation is definitely still one to watch. In news that just broke overnight, Prince Andrew has reached a settlement in the civil case brought against him by Virginia Giuffray, the woman who accused him of sexual assault when she was 17. They will be settling out of court, Eliza. That's right. So Virginia Giuffray, she's actually now based in Perth. She'd claimed the Duke assaulted her on three separate occasions. And in those court documents, there's quite a few details relating to the settlement. It says Andrew would make a substantial donation to Ms Giuffray's charity in support support of victims' rights, adding that he never intended to, quotes, malign her character, that he recognised she suffered both as an established victim of abuse and as a result of unfair public attacks. And the Duke has also pledged to demonstrate his regret for the association with Jeffrey Epstein by supporting the fight against the evils of sex trafficking and supporting its victims. What hasn't been disclosed is any details of the financial settlement. Prince Andrew also makes no admission of liability in that court document. His reps say he has no comment to make beyond the court statement. 
Former NRL player Jared Hayne was out on bail yesterday after his sexual assault conviction was overturned two days ago. He'd served nine months of a six-year prison sentence, Eliza. That's right. The appeal judges found that the trial judge had made errors. Hayne had been jailed after a sexual encounter with a woman in Newcastle in 2018. He'd been texting her for about a fortnight. He went to have sex with her. He said it was consensual. She said she was left shocked and scared by the encounter. So as you mentioned, he's out on bail. He had to post a $20,000 surety. And now he has to report to police three times a week while prosecutors decide on the next step. There is some speculation that another trial won't be pursued by prosecutors, but a hearing will be set for Friday to set a date. World number one tennis player Novak Djokovic has given his first interview after being deported from Australia over his vaccination status for the Australian Open. The big takeaway, he's prepared to miss more tennis championships rather than be forced to get vaccinated against COVID. It was a really interesting interview with the BBC that he conducted. He said he was never against vaccination per se, but he's always supported the freedom to choose what you put into your body. And he says he hopes that nations where the big tournaments are played will change their rules, obviously referencing Australia, so that he can play for many more years. But if not, he'll forego the opportunity to become the biggest winner in history. When it comes to that experience in immigration detention in Melbourne, he said, well, it wasn't easy. So that stance means he's likely to miss the French and US Open this year, still TBC on Wimbledon, depending on where they land on players being vaccinated. If it can sometimes feel like men and women speak different languages, well, it turns out that's kind of true. A researcher has looked into the familiarity of words between the sexes, getting people to note which words on a particular list they were familiar with. And there's a whole chunk, Eliza, that just do not overlap. No, so we've got the female words. They're kind of fashion-based to an extent. Words like peplum, tulle, bando, chambre and coal. And when I say coal, I mean the one with the K, not the one with the C that, 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 that you dig up from the mine site. But the men's words, wait for them, yakuza, strafe, howitzer. Are these real <laughs> words? I'm, um, I'm not sure. Apparently, if you know a bit about physics, hair and beauty, weapons and dressmaking, you'll get most of both lists covered. To confess, I had most on the female list, but there were a fair few on the male list I did not know. So anyway, it's an interesting little social experiment. You can do the test if you like. I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes. You mentioned on Monday that New Zealand police were trying the interesting tactic of playing Barry Manilow to disperse anti-COVID protesters outside of Parliament House. Well, they've tried to up their game, Eliza, but it's kind of backfired. Well, it's things have got really serious because they've moved to Baby Shark. And look, we're not going to hum it this morning because no. no one listening would appreciate that. I do think it's going to go down as one of the more annoying songs that we've heard in the last Ever. decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, I mean, I'd be moving on if I heard that. There's no question mark. Uh, but yes, uh, they're not really showing any signs of getting that cut through that they want there in New Zealand. No. So Baby Shark, Frozen's Let It Go, a couple of James Blunt songs have all made it onto this top 25 <laughs> list of most hated songs of all time. Not moving the protesters on, though. They seem to just be having a bit of a dance party. You've got to feel for the police having to listen to these songs on repeat, though, all the time. 
Let's quiz the day, Eliza. What are you keeping an eye on? Well, I'm reliably informed that it's do a grouch a favour day. <laughs> um, I have to say that I can be a little bit grouchy before I have my morning coffee. So I'm, when I'm up early on the podcast, people always do me a favour. So uh, doing a good deed, that's my aim for today. Well, if you find someone being suspiciously nice to you today, maybe you do need to question it. Maybe, maybe you are a bit of a grouch. So just keep that in mind. Uh, for me, a bit of trivia. It's the anniversary of Pope Gregory the Great decreeing God bless you as the correct response to a sneeze. That happened back in the year 600 and still continues to this day. So uh, that one really <laughs> stuck. That's all from us today. Have a good Wednesday. And I apologise to anyone who picked up that I said it was Wednesday yesterday. Hope that didn't confuse you too much. It was Tuesday yesterday. It's Wednesday today. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more, and get a great discount, visit nordvpn.com forward slash squiz today.